Is that three minutes? Okay. Hi, y'all. You just chill. Look, I want to see her. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the new year. Welcome to this new day. Welcome to First United Methodist Church. Welcome to those who are on Facebook. And welcome to Alabama, where we have all four seasons in one week. I have my Hawaiian shirt on today in honor of today's weather and in honor of Pastor Andy. Who, uh, who had a busy night last night with the youth in the lock-in, and I don't even want to know what they did. I'll find out later, I'm sure. Uh, just a couple of announcements as we get started. Uh, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us. If you're worshiping with us by live stream today, um, I want to encourage you to go ahead. We're going to be receiving communion a, a little bit later on in the service. Go ahead and and get what you need from home to, um, to have communion and share that experience with us. I want to remind you of a couple of things. Now, some of you probably make New Year's resolutions. Maybe one of your New Year's resolutions is you want to be in a small group Bible study uh, so that you can grow in your faith this year, which is a great thing to do. We're starting up this week at 11 o'clock. You're, you're going to get in on the ground floor. We're beginning a brand new Bible study in the book of Romans at 11 o'clock. And then at 6 o'clock, you have a couple of different options for the grown-ups. You've got um, 
the Christianity and World Religion Study with Pastor Sam. And you have Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, a study with Harriet Murray. And both of those are going to be great. They're going to start up this Wednesday night. You can come and eat with us. Make your reservation. Come and eat with us. Children and youth are always exciting on Wednesday nights, and we're looking forward to that. Will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, we ask that you would help us as we go into this service, as we go into the new year, to put our focus on you right now, to listen to what you would say to us through this service today. In Jesus' name, amen.
seated. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to be taking our children to Children's Church, so I'm going to let them head that way. Any of our kids want to go? Any grown-ups want to go to Children's Church today? You might get the color. I don't know. All right. Um, I want to just give you a couple of reminders as we go into our time of offering. Uh, you still can give to the White Christmas offering. I know some of you might have been meaning to do that. Uh, we still will uh, receive your offering today for the United Methodist Children's Home, uh, Embrace Alabama Children. And um, I, I, I think our children's home is, is such a wonderful ministry and I love to support it. And every year at Christmas we do that. So if you didn't get to do that, designate your gift today, White Christmas Offering, and we will make that count. I want to encourage you in the new year, if you haven't already done so, to download our church app. Just go to your whatever app store you have on your phone. And there are so many things you can do there. You can meet our staff. You can, um, you can go to a Bible study. You can um, read the Bible through in a year. If you're going to start today reading the Bible through in a the year, there's a, there's a tab on there. You can do that. There's all kinds of things that you can do. It's free. You don't get a discount at a drive-thru or anything, but it's free. You can give, um, you can give online and you can give uh, anyway. Thank you for supporting your church, by the way. We finished the year just, just great, and, and I appreciate your support of your church. Let's pray um, for our offering. God, thank you so much for blessing us and making us able to return the favor. To, to be a blessing to others, to pass that along. Lord, we want to support the ministries that, that are making a difference in our community and in the difference uh, for lives of, of children who, that don't have a home and for all the various ways that, uh, that we make an impact on the world for the kingdom of God. We want to be a part of that, Lord, with, with our time and our talents and also with our tithes and offerings. So take now what we give and Use it to your kingdom's glory, for we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you may remain seating as the offering plates come by, but we're also going to sing another Christmas hymn. Um, it's number 219. What child is this?
I want to just say uh, thank you to uh, Tammy, my, my lovely and long-suffering wife, for, for being our stand-in organist today. Maybe that'll get me out of the doghouse for what I did earlier today. No. Uh, we, this, is, this is a little bit of a hybrid service, in case you haven't already noticed. We, um, we had a combined traditional service last week. We had planned to have a combined celebration service today. Several of our band members uh, couldn't, couldn't make it, and uh, the traditional crew had already planned for the Sunday to be off, so I'm, I prevailed and humbly asked my wife if she would come in and play some Christmas songs because it's still the Christmas season, y'all, until January 6th when it's epiphany season. So, you know, we're supposed to have uh, 12 days of Christmas, aren't we? Yeah. So I'm not done getting gifts. If any of y'all want to, we still have a few more days left. I'm open, I'm just saying. Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23 is our gospel lesson for today. Matthew 2, verses 13 through 23. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time that it had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were, they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother, go back to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking your child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, he will be called a Nazarene. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I think I've already said it before. Let me say it again. Happy New Year. Well, we are in a brand new day, a brand new week, a brand new month, a brand new year. Um, and we're starting a brand new series today. And the series is called Refreshing and Remembering. Refreshing, what I have in mind today with refreshing is, think about how refreshing it is to have a nice cold glass of water on a really hot day or how refreshing it is to run into the ocean or uh, to breathe in the, the cool, clean air if you're somewhere where there's lots of, of beautiful snow, just refreshing like that. 
as we go into the new year. And also refreshing, like when you've been working on your computer and it's kind of frozen up and you're trying to get your stuff done and it's still like, and then there's a little tab up at the top, a little button up at the top that's kind of like a circle that comes back around. It's the refresh button, right? And it kind of re, I'm not a technology person, but it kind of reboots, if that's the word, stuff, and you kind of refresh, right? So that you can accomplish your mission, okay? So that's what I have in title and in, in mind too when I say refreshing. Today's message is entitled Refreshing Our Hope. Refreshing Our Hope. So that's my wish for 2023, that our hope can be refreshed in this brand new year. But we start where we are. So where are we right now? Well, right now, where we are is Christmas Day has come and gone, right? Uh, we're, we're, I don't know about you, but we're trying to, maybe trying to vacuum up those little green needles that fell off the Christmas tree. You'll probably find some in the middle of the summer that you missed or that the cat ate or something. Stray pieces of tinsel, uh, little pieces of wrapping paper that you missed. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're trying to clean out leftovers from the fridge. Anybody trying to clean out leftovers from the fridge? Yeah. Maybe your family has left already and they've gone back and you're a little bit sad and a little bit happy, but you're a little bit sad. Maybe your family's still hanging around like Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation and they just won't go away. Maybe you have gifts that you have to return or exchange. Got a few of those. And maybe, and you wouldn't tell anybody this, but maybe you're secretly glad the holidays are over. Right? It's okay. If we're honest, we can be honest. That's where we are right now. But now is the after. Every time we have something, and, and I'm still like this, every time we have something that we're looking forward to, looking forward to, looking forward to, and then it happens, like the, the youth like in looking forward to it, looking forward to it, have the disco ball and whatever it is that, that the youth did with Pastor Andy at midnight last night, I don't know. Um, then there's the after. What do we do now, right? I wonder if Mary and Joseph were, were having some of that after thing. What do I do now? Because, you know, they had, they had gotten the visit from the angels. They had, the shepherds had come. Well, well first they had the, the nine months of expecting the, the child and then traveling to Bethlehem. And then the angels singing their glorious song. And then the shepherds came to worship and... Then after a couple of years, okay, we, do, we don't think about that, but after a couple of years, they have the visit from the Magi. And the Magi had seen the star, and the star had, had announced that there was going to be a new king, and they had traveled a long distance, and they, they'd come, and they went to the place where you would expect to find a king, the king's palace. They went to see Herod. And they said something like, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star and we have come to worship him. And Herod, I don't know how he kept his cool, but inwardly he panicked and he thought, a new king? Well, wait a minute, I'm the king. And so he, he caught himself long enough to say, hey, uh, when, when you all find the king, stop back by my place on the way out and tell me so that I can go and worship him too and I see him smiling like the Grinch. He was crazy, y'all. 
The Magi did find Jesus following the star, and they gave him the gifts of what? Gold. If the children were here, they could tell us gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? All three of those gifts being symbolic. Gold is the gift that is fit for the king. Frankincense is the gift that's fit for the priest. And myrrh is the gift for someone who is going to die. So after the Magi gave the gifts and worshiped the newborn king, then they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod's palace, but to go home another way. So, um, what's going on here with Herod? And what's going on with Mary and Joseph? I have to think that after the Magi left, they had to kind of make a decision as a family. Were they gonna just stay where they are and, and just kind of go on with life? Well, are they gonna go back to Jerusalem now that the Magi have said, we've come to worship the king, they've got gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Are they gonna go back to Jerusalem to the temple and announce that they have the newborn king and do something like the Lion King? Ah, Sabanya, newborn king. What are they gonna do? An angel came back to Joseph in a dream and said, change of plans here. You're gonna get up and you're gonna become refugees. You're gonna flee for your life in the middle of the night and go to Egypt. Um, and you're gonna seek shelter there as refugees because Herod's gonna to try to kill this child that he sees as a threat to his power. Did I mention that Herod was kind of crazy? Um, the, the Herod, by the way, is, is not a name as much as it is a title. So we're talking about a particular Herod here. We're talking about Herod Antipas. Herod uh, was son of Herod the Great, one of the sons of Herod the Great, Herod Antipas. He was what was called a tetrarch. In other words, he was a ruler, but only a ruler over a small region of the Roman Empire. He was the region of Galilee was where he ruled in northern Palestine, and, and he, he ruled there, um, and he was paranoid, and he was violent. And when he got very angry when the Magi didn't come back and he realized that they hadn't done what he'd asked them to do, and, and he, he did not want to take any chances that this new king would, would threaten his power. So what he did was he had all of the children two years old and under murdered in Bethlehem in the surrounding area. And this wasn't the only violent act that he did. He was the one that had John the Baptist's heads chopped off. Uh, right before Herod's death, it said that, that Herod wanted to make sure that uh, there was, he knew he was dying, and he wanted to make sure that there was a proper, um, a, a proper mood of mourning in the land. So he ordered that one member of every single family in Galilee was to be killed so that everybody would be in mourning. So one of the things I love about the Bible is it gives us the good and the bad and the ugly and it doesn't leave anything out. And I wanna tell you what, today's story is bad and ugly and it is a part of the Christmas story. And I have to tell you, 
preaching on the Sunday after Christmas from this passage is just not as easy as preaching from Luke chapter 2 on Christmas Day. But it's still in there. It's still in there. The reality of what Herod did and tried to do is there for us. And we have to deal with it. We have to deal with the questions because, I don't know, I think we're supposed to be curious and and ask these questions. And they're not any easy answers to them. Questions like, why does the Savior of the world have to be saved from the hands of an evil madman? Why doesn't God just smite Herod or something? I don't know. Why? Here's the big question. Why doesn't God save all of those precious little two-year-old children in Bethlehem? Isn't God supposed to be sovereign? And what are we supposed to make of this? It's like, like, okay, we can't just say, well, I'm just not going to think about that because we've got to think about it because God gave us brains to reason with. What do we do with a sovereign God who who has something like this that happens and we know about it. What do we do with that? Well, this gets to what refreshes our hope because uh, we do believe in God and there are different approaches to, to what we do with the bad realities of our world. So it it has to do with what we think about God, what we think about the sovereignty of God. There's different ways we could do that. One approach is to just say God doesn't exist. The world is terrible, so there can't be such a thing as a God who's sovereign. And, well, let's assume that if we're here today, we're at least willing to acknowledge that God does exist. So that out of the way, what do we do? What kind of God is it that we worship? What kind of God brings us hope as we come into a world that's rotten? where little two-year-old babies get killed by an evil king. One approach is what I would call a divine watchmaker approach. And that is the idea that that God created the universe, right? Like you would, a watchmaker would make a watch and, and God just wound it up and God just sits back in heaven and lets everything tick out like it wants to. I just can't do that one. You know, I just can't do that. I can't take that approach to God because, uh, because I don't know, as a, as a United Methodist, I, 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 I look at what scripture says. I look at tradition, I look at experience, I look what reason has taught me, and I can't do that because I'm a person of faith. And I can't believe that, that God just created something and wound it up and, and God is just oblivious way beyond the blue somewhere. I can't do that. And then another approach would be what I would call the Wizard of Oz theology. And that's that, that says, okay, well, God is in control. And by in control, we mean that somewhere God is sitting at a control panel behind a curtain somewhere and push buttons and pulling levers and twisting knobs. And you push a button here and there's a hurricane and you, and you push another button and somebody has a heart attack and you pull a lever and one person gets a bonus from work and then you pull another lever and another person gets fired from work, you know? And a twist of a knob here and there's famine over here and there's a flood over here and there's a war over here and a stock market crash over here and a pandemic. I can't do that one either, y'all. 
I just, I can't. Because if I could believe in the Wizard of, the, Wizard of Oz theology, then I'd have to believe that God causes a man like Herod to order the deaths of innocent children, and I would have to just be okay with that. I can't be okay with that. I can't believe in that kind of God, that that kind of God is God and is still good. So if my theology is not the divine watchmaker theology or the Wizard of Oz theology, then how can my hope be refreshed? Well, I'll just tell you, because my theology is Emmanuel theology, that God is with us, that this God that we, that we try to know is a God who is redeeming love and who is with us. And if that is true, and I believe with all my heart and soul it is, then here is what refreshes my hope, is to know that God is at work in the world, redeeming the world to himself. That God is at work. That was the message on the very first Christmas when the angel said, you shall bear a son, you, you shall call his name Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. The very name Jesus means God saves. God is at work redeeming the world to himself even when we can't see it, even when our lives don't make sense, even when the load is heavy, even when life hurts. We're studying the book of Romans, starting this Wednesday morning at 11. See how I got that plug in there again? I wanna take this opportunity to invite you to come and study. We have the most fun morning Bible study ever. Now, some, of our, some of my folks are here, y'all know. Yeah, Pastor Andy, you've been in there, you know, it's fun. But we're studying the book of Romans. And there is an example of what I said. Romans, by the way, is bread and butter of our, our basic theology. And there's a truth that's expressed in Romans 8 about how God is at work, even if we're, and we're not there yet, but God is at work. And I wanna share this with you, this is from Romans chapter eight. Creation itself will be set free from bondage and decay and will obtain the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. Not only the whole, the whole creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our body. We groan in this life. Creation groans with us. And then we read this, for in hope we are saved. In hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. If we could see it, it wouldn't be hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we with patience wait. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Hope. Because God is with us. God is at work in the world, redeeming the world to himself. So another thing we draw from this passage that brings us hope might sound a little bit funny 
But it's the reality that as surely as God is at work in this world to redeem the world to himself, the powers of evil are going to align themselves against God. Herod, infuriated at the thought that his power might be threatened, was willing to do anything to keep his power. Herod is someone who has, there's always a Herod, right? This isn't the first time that, that someone is willing to murder and kill and do threaten and intimidate to keep power. It's happened. In the Old Testament, it happened when Pharaoh um, issued the order. Remember when Moses was a baby and his, his mom had to put him in a little boat and put him out on the water? It was because Pharaoh was killing all of the children. Throughout history, humanity has witnessed unspeakable horror from people who were aligned against goodness and light in God's redemption. People who were crazy for power, people from from Roman emperors Nero and Domitian to Adolf Hitler to Joseph Stalin to Mao Zedong, on and on and on you could go. And people groan under that burden and for, time, for a time it seems like evil's got the upper hand and that nothing's ever going to change. But we are people of hope. We are people from hope, uh, of hope because we believe that God is going to prevail in the end and that God is at work in our world and that God will win. God, who is redeeming love, will win. God is with us. That's the Emmanuel factor. And God is with us now in 2023. The same God who, who came to Joseph in Bethlehem and said, get up, Joseph, because you're going to have to get out of town. People trying to kill you. It's the same God who was with a different Joseph who was in Egypt and in and, and, and a prison and had been sold by his brothers and, and God was with him. And it's the same God who was with us in 2023. Even if it doesn't seem like we're getting any traction. Even if it doesn't seem like things are going anywhere. Even if it seems like we're taking a step backwards. God is faithful. And God is always, always with us. God who is compassion and full unbounded love is with us. May our hope be refreshed in that. One outward sign of the inward reality that I'm talking about is Holy Communion. Jesus Christ, on the night that he gave himself up for us, took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup. 
he gave thanks to the Father and he said, Take and drink, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. God, how thankful we are that as we gather here on this New Year's Day, we can have our hope refreshed by remembering what you have done with us, by remembering the visible sign that God is with us, Emmanuel, and by remembering just how much you loved us, enough to give yourself for us. Thank you for dying for us so that we could live forever with you. Thank you for your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. May they be for us today a sign of how much you love us. Pour out your spirit on us. Even right now, pour out your spirit as we gather out of love for you. Pour out your spirit on this bread and cup that they might be for us the body and blood of Christ. That we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. As we come to the table today, Lord, make us one with each other and one with you and one in ministry to all the world as we depart until you come in your final glory and we feast at your heavenly banquet until you fully redeem not only us but all creation. We gather at this table, at this banquet, and we say thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to give you a couple of words um, of in reminders about how we do uh, communion here at Dadson First United Methodist Church. We have open communion in the United Methodist Church. Everyone is welcome at the Lord's table. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church. All you have to do is have a heart that's hungry for God. So everyone's welcome, young and old, doesn't matter. Uh, it's our custom to come and kneel at the altar whenever we're able to do that. And so that's the way we're going to do today is we're going to come and kneel at the altar. You'll be given a piece of unleavened bread and you'll be handed a cup of uh, grape juice because uh, that's, how, that's how we Methodists roll uh, with the Welches. And, uh, and then um, I'll also remind you that it's our custom to, to leave an offering on the altar rail. Uh, our communion offering is always used for our local missions. Whenever anybody calls our church for help, we, this, that's what we use our communion offering for. If you're able to, you're led to, uh, then you can leave that offering on, on the rail. If you need to be served at your seat, we will accommodate you. And if you, if you come to the altar and you've got knees or hips or back that, that prohibits you from kneeling, just come and stand and don't, don't feel self-conscious about that at all. Um, so uh, the ushers will direct you on how to come. And uh, um, we welcome you to come to the Lord's table.
Arise and go in peace, and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen.
Every time you hear a siren and the, the new year, stop and say a little prayer for, for whoever that siren's for. So let's just say a prayer, Lord, whoever is having an emergency right now, we pray that your hand would be with them and also with the first responders. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Good Christian Friends Rejoice, number 224, is our closing hymn today. And I want to invite you, as, as we sing this closing hymn, if today is the day that you want to join our church family, I invite you to, to come forward as we sing this hymn. Let's stand together. Turn my mic on. I want to um, to welcome you and introduce to you today, if you haven't met them, Steve and Sherry Watson are coming to join us, and um, they are moving their membership to First United Methodist Church in Gadsden, and we are thrilled to have y'all. So I just ask you this question: Will you be loyal to this church and support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? We welcome you. It's good to welcome to the family. And after we have our benediction, then I want to invite you to come and introduce yourself to them too, if you haven't met them, or hug their neck if you already know them, or whatever is, is appropriate for the level of pandemic we have right now. So uh, here now the benediction. God, we give you thanks for this new year. We give you thanks for refreshing our hope. We give you thanks that as we go forward, we know that you are at work in us and in the world, redeeming us to yourself. Help us, Lord, to carry that with us as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.